on this episode of Fantasy NFL Today. Mock, mock, mock. We have our first and only mock draft of the season. And it's a very in-depth mock. I'm bringing on special guest Will Brown to demonstrate two different draft strategies. You already know my draft strategy with the robust running back strategy versus Will's strategy, which is a hero slash zero running back draft strategy. I will admit it gets harder and harder to do a true robust running back draft strategy with all of the key injuries like Cam Akers, Travis Etienne, and now J.K. Dobbins. It's harder and harder to do that. We explain in great detail why it's important to let the draft come to you and adapt by paying attention to what's going on around you. It's a great episode, one that gets you fully prepared as we enter the final weekend of fantasy football drafts before kickoff. You will not want to miss this show, and it all starts now. Welcome to Fantasy NFL Today, presented by HoopBall. Today is Thursday, September 2nd. I am your host, Anthony Germain, and you can find me on Twitter at the Talking Sunday handle. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-G, Talking Sunday, all one word. And man, oh man, this is it. This is the final push. Lots of drafts happening this weekend. If you waited this long and you've been listening to this pod, you should feel pretty confident going into your draft this weekend. Although my favorite drafting style is the robust running back strategy, it's not the only strategy. It depends where you're drafting from and how your league drafts. Pay attention to what's going on. I was just part of one of my hometown drafts this weekend, and 14 running backs came off the board within the first 15 picks. Don't force a robust strategy if Tyreek Hill is still on the board, and that's exactly what happened to my next guest here on the pod. If you listened back in July to my Patriots episode, you may have heard his lovely voice before. He's a very avid and smart fantasy football player, and he's in three of my most competitive leagues. You can follow him on Twitter at Will Brown, but it's spelled W-I-1-1 as in the numbers one, Brown, all one word. Please welcome back Mr. Will Brown to the pod. Big Willie, how are we doing? Doing good, doing good. Uh, Feeling good coming off the uh, dominating performance I put on in our uh, draft this past weekend. So ready (laughs) to uh, really educate your uh, listeners here on how, you know, how you're supposed to do this. Well, I will say you did dominate that second round because like I've just alluded to in that intro, one of our buddies was trying to force that running, running back robust strategy. And he had the seventh pick, right? Uh, He did. No, he had the ninth. Seventh or eighth. No, ninth pick. He was okay, ninth, so yeah. ninth pick. And when he came back around on that hook, he went with Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who I do love as a running back, but Tyreek Hill was still on the board and he went with Clyde over Hill, giving you the layup. And here you are. It, it was an easy smash smash the draft button and couldn't I guess not button, we were in person, but I, I couldn't run to that, you know, receiver sticker sheet fast enough and throw the uh old Tyreeky leaky lock up on the up on the board Tyreek leaky locker is the thing we thing say we say i don't <laughs> i don't even think you blinked 
you were already at the sticker sheet and you said, well, this was the easiest decision I ever made in my life. <laughs> like you yeah. didn't even have to think for three seconds. It was that instant. So that's what I'm saying. I, you don't for even if you go into these drafts with a strategy, don't force it if it doesn't make sense. Right. Absolutely. Like drafting Marquez Callaway in the seventh round. You need to neck because first of all, <laughs> that is that's going to pay off dividends mightily. When I guess we'll find out. With their number one, he, he he enters as the number one receiver. No Michael Thomas. Adam Troutman is injured, so I like my pick. We'll get to him in this mock draft in a second. So what I want to do for this pod is cater to the way I tend to draft my favorite strategy, the robust running back draft strategy, strategy versus the way someone like Will may like to draft, which might be grab a running back early, and then not get another running back till later. Again, neither way is correct or incorrect. It's all about preference and not passing on guys and forcing a strategy. Also, your league format matters. If you play in a regular standard league where there's two running backs, two wide receivers, and a flex, versus if you play in a league that might have three wide receivers, two running backs, and a flex. If you play in a league with three wide, where you have to start three wide receivers, it might be more important for you to grab a premium wide receiver earlier. And there's always ways to correct weaknesses in your draft. If you miss a top-tier quarterback, you can always get somebody like a Jalen Hurts later on. If you miss the top running backs, you can always get the not-so-popular guys like a Ronald Jones, Damian Harris, or Melvin Gordon later. If you miss the top receivers, we talk about on this pod every single day how deep the receiver position really goes so you can always find receivers if you miss the top three tight ends you can get the small three tight ends later or punt the position altogether there's an answer to everything you just have to be smart about what you're doing and pay attention to what's happening around you so for this mock draft and this example our guest will will draft from the front of the draft and I will be drafting from the back where the robust running back draft strategy makes more sense. So what we're going to do here is we're going to randomize the picks from one through four for Will and randomize the picks nine through 12 for myself. And we've already done that before we started recording the pod. Will will start with the number two overall selection and I will start with the number 11 overall selection. We'll discuss who's still available on the board when it's our turn. We'll decide who to pick, and then we'll explain why. We'll also hit on some of the computer's picks, who we think went a little too early, or or if there were any steals that have happened during the draft. So it should be a fun episode. I hope everyone that's listening takes something away here, something a little valuable here. And with that, and by the way, we are doing our mock draft on the Sleeper app. If anybody doesn't know what the Sleeper app is, I highly recommend going over to it. It's a lot better than your outdated Yahoo's, CBS's, or ESPN drafts. No so question. with that, Will, are you ready to get down to the dirt, the nitty-gritty, the dirty? I am. I am. Let's do it. Okay, so we're going to fire up the draft. Oh, I have um, one question real quick before we start. Is this a standard league uh, mock or a PPR, half PPR, I know. Um... Great question. So for this example, we're going to be doing a 12-team draft standard scoring league. Okay, and with that, we will begin. And no surprise there, Christian McCaffrey comes off the board with the first overall pick. Will, where are you going and explain why you're taking who you are? Because actually, the second pick is not as easy as it might seem. Yeah, I... Um... I uh, obviously McCaffrey is 
um, well, I guess not obviously, but um, for 99% of us out there, I'd say Christian McCaffrey is the first uh, player, first running back off the board in single quarterback leagues, no matter PPR, standard, whatever. Um, the second pick, uh, for me, is actually not too complicated. Um, I have, uh, with the workload, efficiency, you know, involvement in the passing game, uh, Dalvin Cook is an easy uh, two for me. I know some people are concerned about the injury, like injury history, uh, and whatnot. But honestly, like there's no, no one on this running back list is any less injury prone in my opinion than than him. So it's they're all on the same playing field in my mind. So I'm gonna just go ahead and smash Dalvin Cook on this one. Looks like we got a, a lot of people uh, listening to the robust strategy here <laughs> yes we do because well first i i don't disagree with your dalvin cook pick i do agree that you can make the argument of the injury concerns with derrick henry's workload uh we don't really know what we're going to see with alvin kamara how involved he'll be with winston saquon barkley was injured the last two seasons and zeke had a bit of a down year last year so if we're playing fantasy and we're scared of injuries then you know we might not we might not win that way so i do agree with your dalvin cook pick it's hard to disagree with. Um, we've seen Derrick Henry, Kamara, Taylor, Barkley, Elliott, Chubb, and then two receivers come off the board at 9 and 10 with Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams. Yep. These are probably the only two receivers I'm really thinking about in the first round if I'm at the back of a draft, depending on which running backs are still available. Um, so no surprise to me that they, uh, they're gone. I, I agree that if you are going to take a wide receiver in the first round, those are the only two I would consider. I know Stefan Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins are premier elite receivers, but not a first round grab in my opinion. So as I'm looking at the board here, I'm seeing three of my favorite running backs still on the board. I'm seeing Aaron Jones from the Packers, who I have discussed in the past, who I would consider taking even at the number four overall position. Aaron Jones has finished as an RB3, RB5 last two seasons. So we have Aaron Jones, Najee Harris, and Gibson. I'm assuming if I take one of those running backs, the the pick 12 on the end, on the on the wraparound here, will probably take one of those three as well. So with this selection, I think because Aaron Jones is still available at pick 11, I'm going to select Aaron Jones. Makes sense. I would uh, no hesitation to do the same thing. Okay, and actually to no surprise, the first tight end comes off the board with the computer at pick 12, Travis Kelsey. I've seen him go as early as pick four in some mock drafts. Um, so Travis Kelsey comes off the board and another receiver, Stefan Diggs, comes off the board, leaving me to go full, full dive cannonball all in on my robust running back strategy. It's a tough decision between Najee Harris and Antonio Gibson. Najee Harris is going to be fed the ball in Pittsburgh like nobody's business. And also, on the other hand, Antonio Gibson has Ron Rivera as his head coach, who has coached Christian McCaffrey, who has said he wants to give Antonio Gibson a Christian McCaffrey-type role. For me, I want the young buck. I want the potential. I want the, the, the more talented back. It might be greedy. It might call it what it is. I have this feeling that Najee Harris is going to have a phenomenal rookie season, so I'm going to select Najee Harris. Again, on the board was still DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley. In this example, in the when you're drafting this far back, I think it's important to get two premier running backs if you can. So I'm going to select Najee Harris. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally respect that. Uh, I would 
you know, not hesitate really to do the same. Um, you know, I'm looking at, you know, some of the guys there, and yeah, they're, you know, where you're at, I, I'm no problem taking a second one there. And uh, as we kind of see um, happening, it's a, uh, you know, we see if after you take that pick, a few uh, non-running backs are actually following along. Um, but we got Eckler, Mahomes went pretty early. I did a team nine. Hopkins, Kittle, uh, DK Metcalf, Ridley. So we see a nice run there of uh, five non-running backs. But then Team 4 jumped back in the running back pool right before my pick um, with Gibson and then the Team 3. So um, the only other running back I'm really considering in this sort of tier of, I'd say, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, like 14. There's about 14 guys that I'm willing to consider uh, here in the... Uh, second round, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is the 14th that hasn't been picked yet. I'm a little uh, concerned about how, you know, he looked last year. I know, you know, Andy Reid running backs are uh, historically reliable. And uh, so what I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking at him, but then I also go to the wide receivers. Now, if Calvin Ridley was still here uh, or Hopkins, uh, which I wouldn't expect Hopkins, but I've seen Ridley fall to this point. Um, I think I'd auto just go ahead, get ready. He's going to dominate the target share in that Atlanta offense. Uh, DK Metcalf's a little uh, less certain for me. He kind of faded and tailed at the end of last year. I think you're in agreement. You're a little little concerned about Metcalf for 2021, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking here at the receivers, I do like A.J. Brown, uh, but he's a little uh, less certain to me in terms of the Julio arrival, what could happen there with his target share. Uh, Keenan Allen, Justin Jefferson are also really strong options. I'm actually going to go ahead, though, and forego Clyde, forego those wide receivers. I go knew Go ahead and lock up this tight end position. I love getting one of the big three tight ends. Um, oh, I know my, you do. In my team. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and get one of the uh, big three tight ends. I love, I love having one of these cornerstones on my team. I know you know I love it. I got Kittle in our league. I actually have Waller as the second tight end, so good to see him fall to here. So I'm going to go ahead and grab Darren Waller. No surprise, Clyde went on the turn, but I, you know, just I like the value there. So coming back around here, so it pretty much did what I expected in terms of now, you know, there's not really that tier of running backs uh, left for me that I want to be drafting this high. There's definitely some more receivers that I really, you know, I think are reliable and, and quality players that I definitely want to roster over, you know, a David Montgomery or a, uh, you know, DeAndre Swift type player. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, grab myself some A.J. Brown, as I mentioned uh, him earlier from the pick two. So I actually agree with your Darren Waller selection because that tight end would not have probably been there coming back to you in that third round there. Team one would have certainly taken Darren Waller. He's one of the big three. He's going to get those targets. He's going to get a lot of red zone targets. So I think it was smarter to take the premium tight end before going into the pool of wide receivers because there was a lot of wide receivers still available. Even if they took A.J. Brown like Will was just describing, he still had the options between somebody like a Justin Jefferson, an Allen Robinson, a Keenan Allen. So I do like the selection with Waller. In the middle after Will's pick with A.J. Brown, Montgomery, uh, DeAndre Swift, Chris Carter, and Josh Jacobs all came off the board as running backs. Justin Jefferson, Mike Evans, Terry McLaurin, and Allen Robinson also all gone. So all running backs and all wide receivers going. As I'm looking at my 
my 11th pick in the third round. Remember, I have I started with two running backs. I have Aaron Jones and Najee Harris. I have a real solid foundation at the running back position. So now I'm going to start to look for my wide receivers or possibly a third running back to solidify my flex to really build that house and make it sturdy. But as I look at the running backs available to me right now, they're not too great. I'm looking at Miles Sanders, Kareem Hunt, Miles Gaskins, James Robinson, who is now the RB1 in Jacksonville. Daryl Henderson on this list I like, but he's a little further down. And did Chris Carson come off the board? Yes, Chris Carson came off the board at 3.6. So Chris Carson might have been the only running back I would consider taking as my third running back to put in as a flex. So with the running backs looking as weak as they are, I'm looking to either get a two strong wide receivers out of this round. Kyle Pitts, the tight end of Atlanta, is still available. For the third round, I think it's a little early because remember, sometimes, even as talented as Kyle Pitts is, sometimes the tight end position takes a little while to get acclimated to the NFL. So in the third round, Kyle Pitts is a little too early for me. So I'm looking at wide receivers like C.D. Lamb, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper, or I can go with the premier quarterback. Josh Allen is still on the board, Kyler Murray, and my guy Lamar Jackson, who I like a lot. Considering all the skill positions and everybody available, I think I have to go wide receiver here. I never got to my Cowboys episode, but I really do like C.D. Lamb. I understand that Amari Cooper has been injured through camp, so a lot of C.D. Lamb footage you're seeing. Of course, they're feeding C.D. Lamb the ball. Dak Prescott looks healthy, finally. He's he's practicing in full. I just really like the boom potential with C.D. here, so I'm going to make the selection with C.D. Lamb. I don't hate it at all. I think he's... Uh... You know, he's primed to be a superstar. Um, We're probably going to see it this year. He just looks incredible. So, good pick. The next two picks come off the board at the 12th position goes Miles Sanders, the running back with the Philadelphia Eagles, and Josh Allen, our second quarterback, comes off the board as the first pick in the fourth round. I still am not very high on Miles Sanders. The thing about him, though, his ADP has to come up a little bit from what it's been through for, throughout the last month. The team just recently cut on Johnson and Jordan Howard, but I still think he's going to get a large chunk of his workload ripped away from him from Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott. Josh Allen, I don't hate the pick because you're getting that elite quarterback. And that makes my decision a little harder here because I know by the time it comes back to me in the fifth round, remember I'm picking at 11 and we're in the second, we're on the second pick in the fourth round. So by the time it gets back to me, a lot of these premier quarterbacks like Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson will be gone. I still at this position feel like I have to wait on a quarterback. So for me right now, I'm deciding between Julio Jones or Kyle Pitts. And again, the tight end position for me is with Pitts is still a little too raw. At least with Julio Jones, I know he's been injured a lot. And it hasn't even been a lot, but he's been nicked up a bit in the past. But when healthy, he has shown zero signs of of slowing down. So how do I pass on Julio Jones as my wide receiver too? The answer is you can't. I will be taking Julio Jones as my wide receiver too. Just like I took him as my wide receiver too. (laughs) You You, you had a really good draft in that draft. Kyler Murray, Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper, Lamar Jackson, Thielen, Kareem Hunt, Robert Woods, and TJ Hawkinson. Damn, I was hoping Hawkinson would make it back to me as my first tight end, but now it looks like I might have to punt the tight end position altogether. Possibly. I mean, you'll see. I don't know if Pitts will make it back to you or not, but he. Uh, I know you. You're you're big on him this year. Um, so we'll you know see what 
see what happens in round five. Um, I'm so let's just recap real quick. Will went with the running back Dalvin Cook. He has tight end Darren Waller and a wide receiver AJ Brown. He has a very well balanced team at the moment. Will, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm thinking I, I'm pretty excited with this so far. Um, got to uh, you know looking looking here to see what what receivers, what running backs. It's still too early for quarterback for me, especially with who's left. I mean we're you know, right now the tier we're looking at Slim Rogers, Dak Prescott, I'm uh you know, not not really interested in any of them. This this too rich for me, uh, right now. Uh running backs wise, I don't hate some of these guys, but again it's it's you know, I don't I don't really want my second running back uh in the in the fourth round kinda you know, I know we have opposite mentalities there. Um, I just I just like the value that you can get um, some of these these premier receivers still. I like to load up and uh, have a really good wide receiver room when I leave. So I'm looking here. There's DJ Moore, Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, Deontay Johnson. There's a good amount of uh, talent here. Uh, I'm actually going to go ahead and shit, dude. My my dog's like. Like the look. That's okay. Like we, fight them we're off. a pe- we're a pet friendly pod. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> um, so let me go ahead and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna grab actually uh, Tyler Lockett. I uh, end of the fourth round. I think he's just consistently shown up in the last like three years. He's been a top twelve wide receiver each year. Uh, really underrated as far as what he brings to the table and Russell Wilson. As you know, can just you know huck that deep ball, the and moon uh, ball. he's the perfect. Oh yeah, he's the perfect player to uh, complement that. And then you know, nice to see that Team One uh, took a tight end and quarterback uh, tight end position. I already have filled again. Quarterback, not what I'm looking for. So didn't really tap in anything I was going to take anyway. So now I'm kind of looking here and seeing what what running backs available. I do I do kind of like some of the guys on the board. Um, receivers, the receivers in this draft, and this will kind of go towards, I think, what, you know, the message we're trying to say on this episode is kind of not jumping into a strategy and just sticking to it, really kind of playing, playing it out and see, you know, what works, what comes to you. I'm going to go ahead and I'm actually going to grab a receiver I think could really show out this year. Um, you know, second year guy and really just dominate, uh, on that offense and I'm going to go ahead and grab Brandon Ayuk. Wow. Okay. So I don't, it's, I don't hate Tyler Lockett. He's just a very boring pick. I've, I think we've talked about this, um, this this last weekend. He has been a very consistent option for Russell Wilson. So it's not a bad pick at all. Um, we did see Mark Andrews come off the board and now Kyle Pitts has come off the board. So they're the small three tight ends, I like to say, you know, compared to the big three, the Waller, <laughs> Kittle, and Kelsey. The small three are Andrews, Hawkinson, and Pitts. And then after that, you pretty much punt the position and get a tight end very late in your draft. If you take a tight end, tight end in the middle of this draft, you're essentially lighting your draft capital on fire. Couldn't agree more. The Brandon Ayuk pick. Whew. I don't know about that one, Will. Uh, that's <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, I'm just not in the Ayuk boat I just think a lot of his production last year came from the absence of Debo Samuel and the absence of George Kittle of course he was going to get that kind of volume the way San Francisco plays offense with that super run heavy scheme I just don't see him you know I, I understand you got him as your third wide receiver I just don't see him being the guy that I think everybody's expecting him to be 
I will say, uh, if you look at the PFF ratings uh, last year, he was one of either two or three, I believe two, yeah, one of only two receivers to score a 90 or higher on all three levels of the field, um, which would be the backfield, short, medium, and long, uh, scored a 90 or above rating on all three, him and uh, actually Chris Godwin was the other one. So I, I'm very excited about him. He was a rookie, first-round pick. I know uh, he was, I believe, the number two receiver on San Fran's board when they drafted, so they were real excited to grab him. And, you know, when he got the opportunity, he really showed out. So I, I you know, I like I like that Niners offense I uh, in general, um, but Ayuk is someone that I'm definitely happy to get as my receiver in the fifth round. Okay, and we saw Cooper Cup come off the board, Kyle Pitts, who did not make it back to me, which I'm very sad about, but again, I wasn't willing to take him that early. DJ Moore, Miles Gaskin, Michael Thomas. I get that he's coming back in a couple months, but I just have the feeling the inj- like he's like he's going to have another nagging injury. He's already in bad waters with the with the front office he's just a pain in the ass with that team for me i understand the starting on the pup right and and for me i understand the talent and i understand what he's done in the past but i'm not willing to draft somebody especially in the fifth round that is going to sit on my bench for two months that's just i mean people get hurt on your team and you and you might say oh yeah i can put them in my ir my my league has three or two ir spots but I guarantee you somebody's going going to get hurt on your team that you're going to need those IR spots. It's a waste. You're going to just get – all you'll be is frustrated with him. James Robinson comes off the board. Deontay Johnson is another receiver I really liked that I was hoping was kind of going to make it back to me. And then Kenny Galladay. So as I sit here, again, I have Aaron Jones, Najee Harris as my running backs. I have CeeDee Lamb and Julio Jones as my starting two wide receivers. So now I'm either looking to fill in a flex position because I'm punting the tight end position now. So I'm either looking to grab a running back or wide receiver as my flex or possibly quarterback. But here's another thing to make sure you're paying attention to in your drafts. Look at the draft board and see who has what position. If I look at the team 12 next to me, he drafted Josh Allen. He's not going to draft a quarterback. So even if I want a quarterback now, I should wait until team two makes their first two selections because I do like Dak Prescott here and... I love Justin Herbert, as everybody knows. I do like Russell Wilson. But if you want that quarterback, just pay attention to what's going on around you. Who has who? So for this particular pick, I'm definitely going to take either a running back or a wide receiver. My wide receiver options are Odell Beckham, T. Higgins, Chase Claypool, Jamar Chase. They're my top four. And at running back, it's still looking a little grim. We have Chase Edmonds, Melvin Gordon, Daryl Henderson, who I do love, and Raheem Mostert. Ooh, this is a tough one, Will. I'm I'm battling right now between T. Higgins, who I absolutely love. I think he's going to have a phenomenal year, or <laughs> Daryl Henderson to solidify my third running back flex. I am a running back robust heavy drafter. I feel like who, you'd be doing your listeners I, a disservice. But what don't. am I doing here? <laughs> but right, but like we just discussed, if you have to go where the draft takes you, let the draft come to you. So. I think I'm going to take T Higgins here and I'm going to hope that Daryl Henderson is there on the way back. And I'm going to wait until round seven to get a quarterback because I like, if I can get both of these players, I think my team is in prime position to succeed. If one of those players goes from this 12th turnaround, I will grab Dak Prescott. So let's see what happens. Ooh. Okay. So two running backs came off the board. 
but it was not Daryl Henderson. Melvin Gordon and Chase Edmonds, another popular pick. I feel like I'm the only person on the planet that hates Chase Edmonds. Every time I talk <laughs> about him, people look at me like I have three heads. What is the deal with Chase Edmonds? He did good last year when he, you know, once he became the guy over there. And I think people, you know, James Conner's coming in, but there's been no evidence that he's really any sort of talent threat. I mean, he'll get, to, he'll probably get some of the goal line work and he'll be involved, but Chase Edmonds, especially now in a standard league, I'm I'm less juiced up about him, but he's going to catch a ton of balls. So if you have any sort of PPR, um, definitely comfortable having him as me too, uh, following my, you know, more uh, hero or zero running back strategy. Definitely a guy I'd be targeting in the uh, that you know sixth, seventh uh, round if you can uh, have him fall there. Right, and if you go hero running back strategy, basically what that is is you have a stud running back like a Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, or Christian McCaffrey. They're so good that you can rely on them, and you just really hope they don't ever get hurt. Then your other running backs to follow are guys like Chase Edmonds or guys like Kenyon Drake that split carries that will still get work, or those running backs that only need one injury to become the starter and be, and actually become a a valuable starter, not a Tyson Williams like right now in Baltimore. The, the guys like Chase Edmonds are perfect guys for a hero or zero running back strategy. So my guy Daryl Henderson is still available, even though I would like to take Dak Prescott or Justin Herbert here. My plan is to get Jalen Hurts as my fallback option. You know, if that fails, then I'm in trouble. I have to get a veteran and then one of the rookies to, to hopefully you know, bloom at the end. So for now, I'm going to take Daryl Henderson. So I have three running backs, three wide receivers, Ronald Jones, Juju Smith-Schuster, Russell Wilson, Odell Beckham, Mike Davis, Chase Claypool, Dak Prescott, and Herbert. So there go my two quarterbacks. And now, Will, the clock is on you. It is, it is. And uh, we see a little showing of quarterbacks go here, um, which is interesting. Uh, definitely still still able to wait, in my opinion, and kind of hold on that position. Uh, we got, what, two? We'll talk two, about three, who's, who's, who's left. Like, who's a t like somebody in your position that has now missed out on pretty much all the real, like, pretty good quarterbacks. Like, who are we targeting later besides Jalen Hurts? Gotcha. Yeah, definitely Jalen Hurts. Uh, he's got that rushing upside. Um, Tom Brady's a guy I'm grabbing a lot in these, you know, uh, the these mid rounds. Yeah, he's. I, I know that people are just, you know, he's he's three or whatever. I mean, just and at this point, I'm just done doubting him. And you know, year two in Bruce Arians' offense, we all know is a you know real key moment for quarterbacks. Even Tom Brady. I mean, we saw him come out of the gate a little slow last year. Uh, but, you know, really expecting big things from him in that offense this year. Uh, well, we saw him no, come out of the gate slow, but it, you have to remember it was a COVID year. You know, they exactly. didn't really get that much reps and practice with each other. So now that they – and you saw it at the end of the year. They they were really clicking on all cylinders. So if they pick up where they left off, Tom Brady's a great pick later. Yeah, Assuming, no, assuming father time doesn't catch up. Correct. Uh, yeah, Tom Brady. Uh, Tannehill's a guy I don't mind grabbing and – you know, those mid, little later mid-rounds, like a ninth, tenth, um, you know, he's kind of the last one that I'm excited to have as an RB, as my, you know, QB1. If for some reason I can't get any of those guys, uh, I totally just like punt quarterback and I'll grab a guy at the end, a reliable starter with a good week one matchup. And that's kind of my, you know, if I can't get a guy I like and I'm not going to reach for any quarterbacks just because of how deep the position always is every year, 
there's always guys that you can stream based on a you know a good defensive matchup and and really mm-hmm. you know put something together for season. Uh, so okay. I'm gonna go ahead. Oh, so go ahead. so with three wide receivers with AJ Brown, Tyler Lockett, Ayuk, and you have Darren Waller and Cook, one running back, one tight end. Who are we thinking right here at pick six dot one one? It's it's interesting. Um, I got someone in mind here. I uh, <laughs> I'm pretty. Uh, who does who does red one and, and get it? <laughs> red what's the red wants the tiger toys? What he wants he, <laughs> he, he wants me to uh, keep him keep his attention. Um, I'm I'm looking actually. There's a I'm debating between running back and receiver at this point. Uh, my second running back. There is a guy that stands out. Uh, there's two of them actually that stand out to me for running back. So I'm going to kind of pass on that and hope that one of them falls after team one makes their picks at the turn. Uh, so what I'm going to do, actually, is go ahead and grab Jerry Judy as my Ooh. fourth receiver. Um, okay. Really, really interested to see what he can do with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. I think Bridgewater's play style uh, leads to uh, more success for a player of Judy's uh, stature. When, um, you know, Curtis Samuel, we really saw kind of blow up in the Panthers' offense last year. And so I, I believe that... Uh, Bridgewater winning the job was really good for Judy. Bridgewater's a more accurate quarterback than Drew Locke, and he's going to be able to get the ball in a good position to make plays. Uh, so I'm I'm excited to see what Judy can do after I'd say a disappointing rookie year. Um, so, so can I know, can really... I just ask you a question? I, Go ahead. I don't I, I don't mind Judy the talent, and I agree with you with the Bridgewater comment. But why why did you make the decision to draft a fourth wide receiver instead of a running back or quarterback? Because in my mind, when I'm drafting, especially this early, I'm still looking to fill starters, and you can't start four wide receivers. So, correct. I'm not looking at a draft that way. When I do a draft, I'm looking to fill my roster with players that I want to use. I mean, we look back at our drafts after the end of the year and you constantly see that more more often than not half or more of your players you drafted aren't even on your team anymore at the end of the year. There's just so much, you know, waiver pickups and drops and we just really, you know, the best idea we can have for these guys, we're trying to make a a game plan before any of the seasons played, but it never works out completely how we expect it to. So what I'm trying to do is put my chips uh, on players that I feel are most likely to help my team. And so I'm not leaving the draft saying, okay, let me fill out my starters first and then deal with the bench. Because chances are by week five or six, those guys aren't even going to be my starters all of them anyway. Well, so, and... And it's situational awareness because you know that you are the second pick overall. There's only one person in front of you, and you you even alluded to that you were thinking about a running back. So getting a running back here still gives you two running backs and then your fourth receiver. Exactly. And the guys I'm looking at um, getting here for my RB2 are still there, uh, both of them. Javante Williams was not, not the one I was targeting who was taken at the turn along with DJ Chark. Two players I'm actually... Uh, not Chark. I'm definitely fading. Not not looking to draft him. I just don't like the overhearing out of Jacksonville uh, regarding him. Uh, Javante Williams is going to take a little bit to get going, so he's not a guy that I would be targeting in this sort of uh, hero or zero RB strategy. Only because 
he's not going to be getting the opportunity early on. I believe mm-hmm. it's going to be more Melvin Gordon. So mm-hmm. what I'm going to do is take who I believe is 100% the uh, starting running back for their team and uh, someone that, based on a recent transaction, I think is going to be even you know more opportunity at the goal line than you know he did last year. I'm going to get Damian Harris on the Patriots. Great pick. Great pick. I was I was hoping he would make it back to me, but not going to happen, especially with the departure of Sonny Michelle. Um, I know Ramadre Stevenson had a great preseason, but you also still have um, James White in the mix. But I do agree with you that Damian Harris, I think they feel very confident with him, very uh, comfortable with him being the lead back. And I think we might see shades of the old LeGarrette Blunt when, of his days in New England. I think that's a great That'd pick. See, and this is, a, this is an example. <laughs> this is an example again of why not the robust running back draft strategy is not always the answer will now has dalvin cook and the new england patriots number one running back damian harris to go along with his premium tight end and aj brown so some guys that have gone here jamar chase debo samuel and robbie anderson all gone as wide receivers raheem moster gus edwards trey sermon and leonard fournette as running backs and dallas goddard coming off the board in the seventh round again if you're taking tight ends in these mid rounds you are lighting your draft capital on fire someone that sticks out to me here (laughs) leonard fournette in round seven makes me want to throw up Agree. Um, a lot of people want to remember the playoff Lenny thing, but if you remember the entire entirety of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers season, it was the Ronald Jones show. Yes, Fournette yep. is going to take carries away, and I'm sure Gio Bernard will also get receptions, but Ronald Jones is the back to have. That's somebody that I have targeted in all of my drafts, and I'm still looking to target maybe later in this draft. Gus Edwards is interesting being the number one running back in Baltimore now. He came off the board at 7.7. And I was looking at him with Damian Harris, I will say, given that offense is. Yeah, he was, he given, well, don't mind Mostert either, but because I already have Ayuk, I don't want to load up on the rushing and receiving game too much on the same offense. But Edwards and Harris were the two that I was looking at here. Edwards is interesting with just the volume of rushing that Baltimore does. Uh, so I, I don't I don't hate that pick at all in the seventh. I think that's great value, actually. Yeah, I like it. Um, I'm also okay. So on my pick now, it's at in round seven, pick eleven. The running backs available to me are Zach Moss, David Johnson, who is a no-go, AJ Dillon, who I like, but I'm not sure if I trust. Michael Carter, I like a lot to eventually assume a lot of uh, carries out of that backfield. Kenyon Drake is another running back that I like. The wide receivers available to me. Now, here's a lot of my sleepers that I had in my list. Cortland Sutton is still on the board. Devontae Smith is still on the board. Brandon Cooks is still on the board. And my man, Elijah Moore, is still on the board, but he is a little bit further down, so I can wait on him. If I'm lo- if I'm being honest, I'm looking at... Well, first of all, I have to get a quarterback in this round. I feel like since all the top ones are, are the, the bigger ones for me are gone, the only option for me left is Jalen Hurts. If I get anybody else, I'm going to be pretty disappointed leaving the draft. But now I are you going to wait till the eighth for him? Right. For the so I still know that okay. team twelve has Josh Allen. There, he nobody that has a quarterback that, that early should be drafting a quarterback in the mid rounds. So I'm going to wait on Jalen Hurts to get eight. So I really have to decide if I want Michael Carter or one of my sleeper receivers. The talent at the wide receiver position outweighs Michael Carter by a long shot. So I'm going to select Cortland Sutton as my. Th- third as my fourth wide receiver and I feel very 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 comfortable about that he's coming back from the injury he was a you know he's everything you're looking for 
from a, a, a true alpha number one receiver, and we just haven't seen him play in a long time. If I think last year, coming off that over 1,000-yard season and eight or nine touchdowns, I think he was going into the fourth round. So I, in my opinion, coming off the board in round seven as my wide receiver four is an absolute steal. Devontae Smith went off the board next, and then David Johnson. As I have talked about before, I have to take my quarterback, and I think Jalen Hurts has all the potential in the world to finish as a top five quarterback in fantasy football, mainly due to his dual threat ability. He'll crush you with the legs. You know, who knows? Maybe we'll see a little bit of a bump in his accuracy. Josh Allen had really, really bad accuracy issues before last year and improved on his a lot. Not saying he'll be Josh Allen, but I just think when you draft a quarterback in fantasy football, you really want somebody that has legs and can move. So Jalen Hurts is the pick for me. Some people coming off the board is Noah, oh. Noah Fant, <laughs> kicker Justin Tucker, Robert Tanyan, the tight end, Tampa Bay defense, Tom Brady, Tannehill, Zach Moss, and Brandon Cooks. Okay, well, we have to pause the draft <laughs> because yep. nobody should be taking a kicker in round eight, but we have seen this before. We have seen people take defenses and kickers this early. The, the defense is not as surprising, to be honest with you. It's the kicker. By now, if you're in any leagues with people that are taking kickers, you should probably find, or kickers this early, you should probably find a more competitive league. Um, I get that Justin Tucker is the best kicker and they lead you know everybody in points and whatnot, but the, what's what's the difference between the points and kickers, Will? It's so minuscule. Like it's and it's unpredictable. That's that's the biggest issue. Is these kickers get drafted early, and it's you know the guy you no idea. I mean, sometimes the number one kicker is like an undrafted guy. I mean, look at before he got hurt last year, Rodrigo Blankenship was like crushing it. He wasn't drafted by anyone. Like right or the Atlanta so, He's Young Hoku, not not drafted. In fantasy, there. I mean, I don't. It's it's so people are so stuck and obsessed with just getting like, oh, I want the best player at this position, and it's just not a it's not a predictable position. And I'm actually, I mean, defense is only slightly different for me, but I know we differ here. I with defense is so you can you can stream defenses to put yourself in a position where you have a matchup against a very uh, you know, mediocre offense, and they're gonna and they're gonna produce for you. Now I know consistently some of them do just put up gaudy numbers, and if you can hit one of those, that's great. Like no question, once the season gets going and you have a defense that shows up like the Patriots what was that two or three years ago. Well, the Steelers um, last year up until the Steelers week 12. last year, really strong. But I, I I'm not using I'm not using anything on defense or kickers until the last picks that's just my preference but okay yeah and two, um, and two of your quarterbacks that you mentioned have come off the board brady and Tannehill. <laughs> I, so what are you thinking here at pick 8.11 well nothing in quarterback like i said where you know <laughs> those guys go and i'm i'm at i uh, <laughs> definitely uh, definitely not interested in uh in in them so i'm going to go ahead and actually um, grabbing the running back here. I am not in on Michael Carter. I My strategy with Michael Carter is let someone else draft him, drop him when he's doing nothing by week five or six, and then once about to start coming back in, go ahead and get him off waivers. Uh, A.J. Dillon is somebody I, I do like. I think he's been uh, 
he's been showing up in the preseason and and you know not that he I think he's going to get opportunity even with Aaron Jones. Green Bay uh will definitely continue to use multiple running backs as they have in the past and Jamal Williams is gone now. Uh so AJ Dillon I think is going to have some value even with a healthy Aaron Jones cuz Aaron Jones value comes from his efficiency with Aaron Rodgers quarterbacking. So you don't he's not a he's not a, you know, 300 carry type player. It's just not who mm-hmm. he is. So I'm going to get AJ Dillon as my third running back here and just continue to grab some value in these in these mid rounds running back. So then okay. on the turn here, we saw Carter so, and Boyd go. Uh, Carter, like I said, I'm a Boyd. Boyd, I'm not too excited about. I mean, I Cincinnati. It's a lot of their guys are getting drafted high. I just don't really see what's going to happen in that offense. I don't dislike Higgins. He's probably the one I'd want out of the three of them. But uh, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see it from Joe Burrow post injury before I'm doing that. I'm going to jump back into the receiver pool here, and I'm going to grab someone I know you're high on, so I'm very excited to steal him from you right now in case you were having any aspirations oh, of getting him. But the old the old <laughs> vet here who's lived it with his quarterback has such a deep connection, maybe the most value at the receiver position in the whole draft. And this guy was the best receiver in fantasy for a decade, so I'm going to get Antonio Brown as my fifth oh, wide receiver. Oh, no. I do love Antonio Brown. I've preached on this pod how I think he, of all the Tampa Bay receivers, is the guy to own. Tom Brady, for whatever reason, over the past has favored those shorter, speedier guys. Look at Wes Welker, Danny Amendola, Julian Edelman. Now, even Scotty Miller last year got a nice little piece of the pie. But Antonio Brown, you have to remember, he only played eight games last season. and he He only got 21 less targets than Chris Godwin by the time the season was over. Antonio Brown is a phenomenal value. Great pick by Will. Some guys that came off the board here, James Conner, Matt Stafford, Logan Thomas, Rob Gronkowski, Jarvis Landry, the Rams defense, Mike Gusecki, and Kenyon Drake. Damn, that sucks. I was kind of wanting Kenyon Drake, and I just got sniped there. Because now these running backs are looking slim. I do kind of like Devin Singletary this late. I know people are high on Zach Moss, but I think that backfield is going to be a complete even split. And Devin Singletary, I'm sorry. I know a lot of people hate him. He still produces at a decent level. Um, Jamal Williams is a sneaky running back to grab because of the health of DeAndre Swift. There were reports that he was kind of out of shape or he's dealing with some kind of injury already in camp. He might miss week one. Jamal Williams has a nice prime opportunity to take over that backfield at least early on. But these wide receivers are still looking pretty tasty to me. Uh, I've grown on Jalen Waddle, believe it or not. Uh, I do like Corey Davis, and I like a lot of Jets players in general. I think the Jets are going to surprise a lot of people. Mike Williams is still available, but I think he has a hip flexor, so I'm a little hesitant to take Mike Williams. The question is, Will, do I reach for my guy like I've reached in my draft? Because I think the payoff is worth it. I really do. I really think the payoff is worth it. You're looking at a guy who is taking over the number one role in with the New Orleans Saints. No Michael Thomas, no Adam Troutman. And the selection here by far is Marquez Callaway. I don't care who's going to laugh at you during your draft. Let them laugh all they want. This guy is going to be the steal of everyone's draft. So go ahead, take Marquez Callaway and have a big shit eating grin on your face. Now, Anthony, I'd like you to, uh, if you could, elaborate on how you, how and what very intelligent, knowledgeable brain 
uh, of a human put you on to Marquez Callaway and, you know, <laughs> as, as recently as you seem to be, you know, on him, I feel like you had to have seen somewhere somebody really high on him too. Well, it's funny. I know. Okay. So we draft our keeper league about a month ago. We, in the beginning of August, we drafted our keeper league and will drafted Marquez Callaway with the very last pick. Now, I actually didn't know that until after I got onto the Marquez Callaway train and I went back to the keeper list to see if he was available to pick him up again. Big old Billy had him. So <laughs> props to you for being on him um, early. And basically, you got him for nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. The, last, the last pick, it's just incredible value. So, But I think the cat's out of the bag. Um, I got him in the ninth round here. I think in our draft, I got him in round seven or eight. But that was a bit of a different draft. I was picking from the fifth position. So I have Callaway. Will Fuller came off the board. And another kicker, Harrison Bucker, from the Kansas City Chiefs. So at this point, I have five wide receivers and three running backs and a quarterback. I really want to probably add another running back here. Like I was talking about, I do like Devin Singletary and Jamal Williams. I think Singletary's value over the course of a season might mean more than Jamal Williams. You know, as DeAndre Swift gets healthier, DeAndre Swift is going to be the guy in Detroit. Philip Lindsay is still here. Naheem Hines gets a nice chunk of the, the backfield. But to me, I think the pick here is Devin Singletary because of the long-term uh, production that he'll give you throughout the season. Yeah, you know, at this point, you're really just trying to take shots and see where, you know, guys are going to be, uh, you know, able to kind of step up and do something for the team and try to predict that. I mean, this point, right. and the deeper it, we get, sorry, go Right, ahead. and the deeper you get, you know, my motto is go get your guys. Don't worry about the ADP so much. Go get the guys right. that you want, which is why I went and got get Callaway. Remember, Callaway in this mock draft is my fifth wide receiver. I'm not starting him as, you know, in this example also, we're starting two wide receivers, two running backs, and a flex. So my starters are going to be C.D. Lamb and Julio Jones, maybe flex T. Higgins. But if Callaway booms and becomes a absolute stud wide receiver, that's just, you know, another gold mine that I'm sitting on. So again, like Will said, this is the this is the time in the draft where you're not don't be shy. Don't become a victim to the ADPs. Go get your guys. Hundred percent. So Will, you are sitting on as well five wide receivers, three running backs, and a tight end. What is your pick here at the end of the tenth round? Well, looking at the running backs available, they're not really great. I mean at this point you're taking backups, um you know, trying to for this draft strategy, I have. I mean, the way my draft shook out, I do have Cook, I do have Harris. I feel good about guys, as, as you know. And there's no more preseason games, so I don't believe we'll hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, no more injuries before the season starts. So I'm not too uh, rushed to find, you know, a immediate value at running back. Um, trying to find guys that'll, you know, do something at this point, um, have an opportunity to do something. Mm -hmm. uh, Philip Lindsay's inching because I do believe he's going to end up being the guy that is getting the most work over there. I think we've been hearing that David Johnson's going to seem to be more of a the third down uh, role, and I'm just not excited about that Houston offense. Sony Michelle's interesting to me. I do think he's going to end up being a guy that gets a lot of goal line uh, opportunities. Uh, I, I think that we've seen before Henderson McVeigh doesn't trust Henderson getting a full workload, so. I, I really don't think it's going to be the same. They went out and traded for Michelle. He's not excited, exciting, but 
you know, who knows if he could make something happen. I mean, he was a first-round pick, so that's always kind of in the back of your head. Pollard obviously showed up and did stuff for the Cowboys. Um, and just so you know, there's a receiver I'm, I like here too, but there's a few couple guys I like, so I'm going to look at that as a turn. Uh, I'm actually going to do get a guy I haven't done yet um, in any draft. I'm going to go ahead and grab Sony Michelle. I think he may end up having some uh, value on that team, and he may end up, you know, especially if something happened to Henderson. I don't think Xavier Jones is, is going to be anything uh, this year. He's a, you know, lower-drafted rookie. See if, uh, well, Michelle Xavier Jones has already has an Achilles injury, so he's out. That's Oh, you're, you're right. I, you know, I totally forgot about that. I'm, I'm actually, right. I'm actually um, a little stunned that you didn't go with Waddle there. Um, I would have, I like Waddle, no question, but I'm, you know, I've got my five receivers. This hero yeah. running back strategy, I mean, you just never draft running backs. I mean, at this, it's more about those early, you know, that two, three through six range. You're focusing right. more on the pass catcher. So I just want to make that clear to the listeners as well, that it, it's, it's certainly not a just, you know, avoid at all costs situation. Um, Okay, and then we saw the Pittsburgh defense come off the board. So who's the pick yep. as th- in the the second pick in the eleventh round? What's what's the selection here? I'm gonna grab uh, my you know probably my final receiver I'd say for this draft, and it's somebody that I think has really shown up in camp and finally has a quality quarterback once once the starter is eventually benched and we get the rookie in there. I'm gonna grab Darnell Mooney. There's just so Ooh. many highlights of him just crushing DBs on the routes run and just being overthrown or, you know, misthrown the ball by some, you know, sloppy throw by Nick Foles or, uh, you know, just it's just really, really bad quarterback play for the Bears last year. So I'm excited to see once Justin Fields takes this job, which I think may be week two. I think Andy Dalton's a sacrificial lamb for the Rams defense that week one, and we'll see. we might see Fields week two. Uh, come out and take you know take that offense and see what he can do. So I'm I'm excited for it. Um, Darnell Mooney, I uh, you know really yes. really excited to see what he does. I like the pick, even though he's one of those shorter quote unquote boomer bust speedy guys. He does have some size to him, which I like. If I'm gonna take a shorter speedy guy, I usually look for ones that have a little more thickness to them, a little more you know size and weight. Okay, so we have a little bit of a defense run going on. We have the Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills coming off the board. We have Michael Gallup and Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, coming off the board as receivers. And we have three quarterbacks going, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, and Joe Burrow, and then Phillip Lindsay right before my pick here at the at the end of the 11th round. So I have four running backs at this point, five wide receivers and a quarterback. I still don't have a tight end, and we're getting here into the 11th round. You know, we're looking at Irv Smith, who's out for the year. Uh, Jonu Smith, who I do like, you know, remember that Patriots offense was predicated off strong tight end play in the past. Last year, they didn't have that option. Their, Their starting tight end was some guy by the name of Izzo. You know, they they really didn't play offense the way that they usually do. With everybody that they brought in, I think that Patriot offense is going to be uh, resurrected. We're going to see a lot of what, we, what we're what we used to in the past. Um, some of the wide receivers still available. My One of my favorite, favorite rookie sleepers this year, Elijah Moore, still on the board. And running backs, um, we're, we're getting pretty, we're getting worse and worse. I do like Naheem Hines still up there. Ramadre Stevenson is somebody I'm looking to target late, but it still might be a little too early here in that 11th round. 
I think I'm actually going to go tight end now just because I'm not in love with any of these other players. Actually, no, scratch that. I'm, t I'm not taking any risk. I'm going to take Elijah Moore first because I do love him a lot. and I don't want pick 12 to get him. So right here, I'm going to take Elijah Moore. I don't want to risk losing him on the turn. Yeah, got, got to get your guys. I'm big on Moore. I like Moore. Uh, I don't know if it happens this year, but, I mean, if you have, you know, that's your guy, go grab him. Okay, so on the turn, receiver Michael Pittman comes off the board along with running back Naheem Hines. Again, looking at tight end in round 12, you know, we're getting towards our last three to four picks here. Now I might start looking at tight end or I might even grab a defense before those get windled down a little much. For me, I'm not as sticky with the with the defenses as I am with the with the kickers. I do agree with Will 1000% on kicker. It's so random, whatever. Defenses can be random as well, but if you don't have a high waiver capital and one of the defenses that when on draft it goes off, your chances of getting that defense aren't really that high. You're you're more looking to stream. So I'm looking at San Francisco, Cleveland Browns, Denver Broncos, and New England Patriots. Out of these, my favorites are the New England Patriots, who I could probably wait until the second to last round to get because nobody seems to be grabbing them the San Francisco 49ers or the Broncos. So I'm going to actually wait on defense. I'm going to go tight end and I'm going to take Johnu Smith. I'm going to hope that that tight end, you know, aura of the New England Patriots comes back to life. So I'm going to take my first tight end in round 12 with Johnu Smith. Another kicker, cool. Tyler Bass, Tony Pollard, Miko Hardman, another kicker, uh, Jason Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, Baker Mayfield, wide receiver, Henry Ruggs, and quarterback, Justin Fields. Will, it's your pick and your quarterback selection is looking real bad now. It's looking interesting. Yeah, bad. At this point, like I said, I'm streaming quarterback. I'm treating them like a streaming quarterback, just so everyone knows, is you find the guy that's playing a really great defensive matchup that maybe doesn't have the season-long value. And what you're essentially doing is you're having a floating position uh, where you are just trying to capitalize on you know, this the, the offense runs through the quarterback. So if that defense is weak, I mean, if you're going up against in defense, Atlanta defense, uh, any of those in a particular week, you look at who the quarterback's playing. And if it's one right. of these, you know, lower level guys, go ahead and grab them. And just a quick note to the waiver for all you listeners out there, get your leagues on fab. Get off this yeah. rotating waiver bullshit. Fab is the only thing that you should be doing, and if you're doing that, you don't have to worry about that stupid pick just, like, floating around that has way too much value to it compared to the rest. Everyone has a shot at everyone. Put your balls yeah, on the but table. Will, Bid what you want. Get your guys. I agree with you on Fab. Everybody needs to go to Fab. But the thing is this. Say the Cowboys defense gives some is sitting on the waiver wire, and they put up 30 points in week one. So okay. now how much money are you willing to blow on a defense? Because – if the Cowboys end up finishing as a top three defense overall in the season, like you're going to sit here and say, well, I'm not going to blow much of my budget on them because I don't, I don't need to. I can still stream. But if that defense ends up being a top three defense, you're going to have to spend a, a pretty decent amount of money because I guarantee you people, people in your league are also going to be bidding for that defense. I promise you, and we'll, we can measure this in one of our leagues, and if you want to go back to it on an episode, like a summary episode on the league, let's actually do that. If you have me on at the end of the season, bookmark this conversation, I am going to stream defense in our uh, redraft league that we're in together that we just drafted this past weekend. I didn't actually even draft a defense. 
Uh, as you know, I like to wait, mm-hmm. grab more position players, see how the rest of the offseason shakes out, and then make those cuts and grab a kicker in defense. I'll stream mm-hmm. my defense all year like I'm talking about, and what we'll do is we'll add up my points of the defenses over the year and see if where Will's floating defense finishes on the list. Okay, okay, because I like that. that's kind of the point I'm making, that if you play the matchups, you can really give yourself, and you're diligent and you know paying attention to that. You can you make yourself essentially a put together defense, like a makeshift right. sort of uh, sort of thing here. Um, you're like so, the transformer of defenses. <laughs> yeah, and for this mock draft, it would be similar for quarterbacks actually as well, um, which kind of goes to what I'm I'm thinking here. I don't know if Team One's going to take a quarterback. They got Roger. I mean, some you never know with these computers though what they ended up doing. I'm actually going to go ahead and uh, look at running back again. I'm pretty full at wide receiver, and I don't really want to get my kicker or defense still yet. So I'm going to go ahead. Latavius Murray's on here. He just lost his job, in my opinion, to the guy that I'm going to end up going with. No. Um, Oh, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to. Now, that reaction just sealed the deal for me, actually. I'm going to go ahead and get Tony, Tony Jones, RB2 oh, for the New Orleans that's a, Saints. It's a great sleeper. Um, I got him in our draft we just did. I also got him in the draft I did. Oh, no, I didn't. I got sniped in the, the draft I just did the other night. That is a great pick. Latavius Murray, I, I don't even know. Is he still not going to make the team? Like, no, he, ma- he made the team. They had roster cuts. Um, they, they had roster cuts yesterday. Uh, on, so we're okay. filming this on Wednesday, the first uh, Tuesday uh, night, or Tuesday, sorry, afternoon at 4 o'clock Eastern. They had to make the 53-man roster cut. So both of them did make the team. Uh, Devontae Freeman was cut. Um, gotcha. Odd man out there. So... Uh, so on this next, the 13th, I got a while to go. I don't trust all these computers not to take a million quarterbacks, and I need to get my guy. Week one matchup. We're going to be at the game live. I'm going to see this oh, guy go no. sling a bunch of touchdowns to our man Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley. Let's give it up for the Dirty Birds. Rise up. It's Matt Ryan. Jesus. Matt Ryan. Maddie, Maddie Noodle Arm over here. Noodle Arm. <laughs> I had Matt Ryan last year, so I watched a few of those games. Um, and he, yeah, I just, in my opinion, he doesn't really have the power, the zip on the ball anymore. I think that's why Julio definitely bounced out, demanded that trade. But you know what? In the 13th round, that's pretty crazy that he lasted that long, in my opinion. Um, uh, he'll still honestly, be, I still I think he'll be like formidable he'll be he's a safe quarterback and that's exactly what you're looking for at this totally. late in the game when you're not getting one okay and for my pick in the back here of the 13th round i'm going to go ahead and select Ramondre stevenson i really like what i saw from him in the preseason he's got a lot of wiggle to him for as big as he is he looks powerful i just and i understand the new england thing with the you know damian harris will start and go you know, 125 yards and two touchdowns. And then next week, James White will get the start. But, you know, obviously Damian Harris will still have a huge role in that game. I just see the potential here. I like what I saw on the TV. We're super late. We're taking our shots. We're throwing our darts. Give me Rajay Stevenson. There you go. Yeah. Denver Broncos defense comes off the board. The backup that quarterback that I wanted to get, Jameis Winston, also <laughs> comes off the board. Um, it might make sense to get... For me, because my quarterback is Jalen Hurts, in case if he absolutely sucks to get a backup quarterback. Yep. Um, one no that I'm looking that. at right now is rookie quarterback Zach Wilson. 
I know everybody wants to say the Jets suck, but you have to get Adam Gase and that whole Jets error erased out of your brain. Out of your mind. Zach Wilson is the real deal. I'm not sure how he'll perform this year. I mean, he has the tools. When he throws the ball, it looks so easy. It looks fluid. So Zach Wilson is probably my pick at backup before I lose out on him, and then I have to look at people like Ben Roethlisberger or Derek Carr. So I'm going to go with Zach Wilson. I'm going to start Jalen Hurts. Hopefully he's a stud. And hopefully I can rely on Hertz long enough for Zach Wilson to get acclimated and become a star as well. So Zach Wilson is my pick. New England Patriot defense comes off the board. Cole Beasley, Tevin Coleman, Kirk Cousins, Rashad Penny, Robbie Gold, Jarrett Cook, Nelson Aguilar, and now Will at the end of the 14th round. What are we thinking? Well, I was looking. I was like, ooh, let me check what team one's got. Now, definitely we've touched on this a few times. They've already taken their kicker in defense. Uh, so I'm going to totally not go for those right now because um, they're not going to take them at the turn. So let me get my last positional player here. Going to go running back again. My receivers, I, I'm just super excited about. I'm not too you know worried about having to grab a depth or a flyer here. Um, if you go more robust running back, especially if you're getting like three, four guys in the first six rounds, you mm-hmm. you want to be looking at those flyers maybe more at the end. Um so just keep, you know, dart throw running backs and guys that may find themselves in a position to do something. I'm going to go ahead and grab the rookie, Kevin Ainwell. Um, love the pick. Love the pick. He's just really, really, you know, I mean, he's the reason. If people don't know this, I think they may. It's just been talked about so much. But Andrew Gibson famously only got 30-some carries at Memphis his his final year. And then came, he was a wide receiver, and then came out and crushed it for Washington at running back. The man that is the reason he was not the running back there was Kenneth Gaines. So mm-hmm. this guy fell to the fifth round. Eagles grabbed him. You know, Miles Sanders, I have my concerns. Got rid of Jordan Howard, and they got rid of um, Carry on Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, so just Boston Scott. He's a goal line guy, but I think Gainwell could get a lot of work on the third down, the passing game. Um, so we'll see what he can do, you know, again, just a flyer, but I, I think he may be, you know, maybe able to contribute and provide value. Uh, going to go ahead and look at the defenses here. Actually, you know what? I'm going to grab Miami. I know it's New England, there you go. but I don't think that game will be super high scoring. It is Mac Jones who has looked good in the preseason, but rookie quarterbacks first game. Let's wait. Let's see how they can deal against that Brian Flores defense. I think Miami, you know, you, you got some good, good guys on that, that, you know, that, those D backs and front line. We'll, we'll see how they, you know, how Bill I, can I, handle I that. actually like, I like the pick a lot. Um, I'm actually in the favor of drafting a defense a little earlier. I think in both of my leagues, I ended up grabbing the Washington defense, which I'm super stoked about because they play in the NFC East play those teams twice a year, but you yeah. know, I don't have a defense or a kicker yet. And we're looking at the back of the 15th round. So, you know, who's left? The Indianapolis Colts, (laughs) Colts, the Chiefs, the Vikings, Packers, Chargers and Bears. I mean, this is this is tough, but I'm actually going to take a flyer on the Los Angeles Chargers. And I'll tell you why, because the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers is the former defensive coordinator for that Los Angeles Rams team last year. I think the Chargers has have a lot of pieces in place. They have Derwin James fully healthy back there at the safety position. They still have Joey Bosa up front. I like their corners. I'm willing to take the gamble. And at this point, I'm basically going to do Will's strategy. If the Chargers defense doesn't live up to their potential, I'll be streaming. But for this reason, I'm going to gamble on the Los Angeles Chargers. Russell Gage and Rondell Moore come off the board on the turn. 
And for my last pick, I need a kicker. Honestly, it really doesn't matter. I don't care at all. I'm just going to take the best one available at the top. Ryan Suckup, the Tampa Bay kicker. I figure Tampa Bay will be scoring a lot of points, or at least in the red zone, more often than not. So give me Suckup. So I'm going to go ahead and grab my kicker. Like I like the uh, Suckup there. Um, I mean, I tend to just like a guy on like a decent offense, but not too, too good. Uh, honestly, it's it's a it's a crapshoot. I'm gonna go yeah. ahead and grab uh, Matt Gay from the. Uh, oh no, sorry, Daniel Carlton. So that conclu- So that concludes our mock draft. I have to say, I think I have the best team naturally. Um, <laughs> but here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. Once the once this episode airs, we'll take a screen grab of this draft and I'll post it to my Twitter. Again, you can find that at Talking Sunday. It's T A L K I N G, all one word. We'll post the draft board up for everybody to see. I know it's kind of hard to follow along during a podcast with no visual, you know, stimulation. So we'll post we'll post the draft board. Uh, we'd love to hear what everybody has to say or what you think about the picks. Let me know whose team was better, mine or Will's, drafting from the front. I do think you're. I do think anybody drafting from picks nine through twelve in the back of the draft this year has a little bit of an advantage. I, I think you can get a lot of talented players back there throughout every single round. So, I what do you think about your team, Will? I like it. I mean, I you know the the nine through twelve thing. I mean, if you definitely have the the handful of the running backs there uh, i don't i don't mind grabbing kelsey in that range too he's just such a dominant like consistently great tight end and just you know weekly advantage at the position uh mm-hmm. front of the draft i mean if your guy stays healthy i mean uh, that's the key thing right so i i never draft to you know scared as far as the injury is concerned as uh unless the guy's injury you know risk himself but you know, Dalvin Cook, I'm excited to have him. I think he's just a positional advantage over anyone except for McCaffrey. Uh, Waller, same thing. Um, and then my receiver room from one to four, I'm super excited about. Those second-year guys, I mean, there's been studies looking back at the data. Second-year receivers just really uh, end up, you know, outperforming their ADP and, and, be, and doing, a, you know, a lot – a lot of good stuff compared to their rookie year. It's just a consistent elevation up. So really excited to see what Ayuk and Judy do. And uh, I got some good good value at running back in the late to really, you know, make figure that out. And that's something I want to say about the hero or zero running back. Um, you're trying to find guys that may get opportunity because what you're doing is you're relying on the uh, how much the position changes over the course of the season through injury or you know through the system or whatever and so you're you're gonna have to be active on your waiver wire you go with the sort of strategy i go with if you want to you know not have to do that and and try to find the guys that you can just plug and play that robust strategy is definitely more um for you uh but i think if you can you know you get something like this and you find the late guys like a james robinson last year or something like that like you find those guys and you can plug them in then the rest of your draft the tight end and receivers are just going to be better than everyone else's so you you can fill in that rb2 spot with some good value and you know chug along to a championship Right, and I I do like your team. I like that you're real solid with Waller at tight end too. You pretty much don't have to worry about that. You know, granted he stays healthy. Um, as far as my team goes, 
I really like my running back stable with Aaron Jones, Najee Harris, Daryl Henderson, uh, Singletary, and Stevenson as my five running backs. And I still think I got really, really good value on the wide receivers that run deep. I have CeeDee Lamb, Julio Jones, T. Higgins, Cortland Sutton as my fourth, and Callaway and Elijah Moore as my fifth and sixth. I am weak at tight end. That is something I'm, I'm probably going to keep an eye on on the waiver wire as it goes, unless unless uh, Jonu Smith, um, you know, becomes the Jonu Smith we thought he was going to become in Tennessee. Um, yeah, and at quarterback, I'm also taking a gamble. We don't know with Jalen Hurts. I just think he has potential to be a top five quarterback. But if not, hopefully Zach Wilson can boom and become a superstar like Justin Herbert did last year. So, you know, totally like with my team and your team, there's there's risk, you know, in both both aspects. But it was just interesting to do a draft with somebody that was more of a robust drafter versus somebody that's more of a hero slash zero running back drafter. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm actually excited, too. I'm just looking at this now. I, I got my guy, Judy. You got Sutton. We actually have a little uh, one of our peppers on uh, their their head-to-head for the season. So interesting that uh, yeah. it kind of so, fell that way. So what naturally happens at every draft is everybody starts drinking. And at the end of the draft, everybody thinks their team is the best. And, every, and you know, everyone thinks that they're going to win it this year. So everybody starts making pep. We call them pepper bets. They're bets where, so I drafted Cortland Sutton, Will drafted Jerry Judy, so we start debating who the better Bronco receiver will be at the end of the year, and we make a friendly wager on it. Not just friendly. It's, there's a little bit of uh, coin <laughs> involved. Jelly in beans. So, yeah. So, or meals or uh, fan gear, you know, whatever, stuff. Yep. whatever it is. It's lots of fun. So that's our show for today. I hope everyone enjoyed this mock draft. I know the episode ran a little longer than usual, but I thought it was important. I hope we hit on, you know, everybody. It was kind of hard not to hit on everybody, right? We kind of read through, every, you know, all the computers picks. We discussed who we thought might have been, you know, uh, a sleeper or someone to stay away from, you know, the kickers and defenses. We got into it all. We got into every single thing. So I hope everybody went away with some information. If you're drafting this weekend, you know, just remember to be aware, just be aware. Don't get, don't get stuck into a uh, drafting strategy and pass on important players. If they're available. The only strategy you should get stuck in is not drafting your kicker before the last round. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) 100% agreed. All right, Will. Um, well, that about does it. Uh, do you have anything Anthony, else to say? Thanks for having me on again. No, I, I really appreciate being on again. This is uh, always a lot of fun. Uh, always excited. The season, I mean, we're, you know, two. Are we two? No, we're, what are we, one? I'm losing track of where next, we are. Next Thursday is <laughs> it's kickoff. It's a week, right? Yeah. yeah a week. Eight days away from kickoff. Oh, my God. And we actually have up. some exciting exciting content coming up, um, especially Friday's episodes during the regular season. We have the Lock It Up segment, where which I will reveal my best bets for the weekend. I'm talking about the gambling market here. We'll also have a special old-school Italian like mob like guest every Friday will be dropping extensive knowledge on these picks. I mean, this guy is a proven winner years and years. And we'll also have, I think we're going to call the segment turtle turtle power where it will be me, will, who is my guest on the show right now. And my friend Elliot and my other friend Pete, where we enter into what is called a super contest. We each pick one game against the spread and it's in a pool of about three to 500 people and the top 10% of people get paid out at the end of the year. So I think that will make for a fun segment. Lots of gambling talk, which will, will be a part of very excited about it. 
Will, I can't wait to have you on again next week. And thank you so much for joining me during this extensive mock uh, draft episode here. Thank you.